Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. I'm Mark Mantha. This is news and life about the people of Muskoka, about sustainable living and rethinking communities. Innovation, resourcefulness, and simplicity, quality of life, and getting the most out of what we have. Sit back, relax, and do some chores. The best way to take in the show. Let's start off with sustainability on a bigger scale, the big picture. Then later, I'll tell you about the difference of 44 degrees Celsius between the outside winter and indoor temperature with no fuel consumption, no moving parts, zero cost. We should measure the prosperity of a nation, not by the number of millionaires, but by the absence of poverty, the prevalence of health. That's W.E.B. Dubois. The GDP, gross domestic product, is an antiquated measure of prosperity. It's a good measure for a developing country, and also measures of job creation are very misleading. Workers lack benefits and sharing in success while struggling and retiring into poverty. We've been talking for so long about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour that a living wage is now actually more uh, around $24 an hour. And in the past, I talked about the failure of neoliberal economics and how raising minimum wages strengthens economies and the well-being of the working community with a breadth of positive effects that can reduce demands on services and social safety nets. Hospitals have always been overwhelmed, under-resourced with the flu season, SARS, and lately a pandemic. I have been hearing firsthand that more families aren't going to the emergency room any longer for testing when they have symptoms, just staying home until they feel better, much like we always did during the cold and flu season. And if you don't feel well, well, don't go out. That's what we've always done. It will take some time to alleviate the fear our society has been conditioned to for even common cold symptoms, which, combined with the shortage of doctors and healthcare workers, still stresses our emergency rooms. It's very straightforward. Be vigilant and be respectful. We can get about 3 million Canadians right back to work. That includes postal workers, healthcare professionals, police officers, paramedics, contractors for municipalities, servers in restaurants, just by no longer circumventing anyone's right to privacy. It's going to take time to adjust to getting our lives back. Despite things opening up more, a friend trying to hold on to their business in Huntsville just has nothing left. They're going to close. She said when she sees the homeless now, she sees herself. I did everything to keep my composure. I could feel my eyes welling up after years of hard work, all gone. The Trans Mountain Pipeline will cost you and me $24.1 billion. Quote from Robin Allen, a former president and CEO of the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, 
not only is the $21.4 billion estimate a 70% increase in the project's budget, giving a clear indication of just how badly it's being managed, is not likely to be the last increase we will see. With that money, the government could easily subsidize 20 million electric cars, create a booming climate transformative industry, permanent good-paying jobs in production, sales, marketing, maintenance, and recharging infrastructure. And of course, reducing greenhouse gases and saving the planet, just saying, you know, for our kids and grandkids. I was talking with a colleague, and we agreed on the principle of synthesizing how our community feels. And it's not by getting a few opinions, but constantly talking with as many people as we can to gain a better understanding on how we feel as a community. Leadership isn't going around telling everyone what you think. Leadership is going around asking questions and listening a lot. There is a second part to leadership. It's the understanding that politics is a very restraining endeavor. Then, being steadfast to engage the stakeholders and doing what benefits our communities. And I must confess, I've been snitching some information from Climate Action Muskoka News, and I will now be snitching some information from Muskoka Drawdown, hosted by Frank DeYoung, here on Hunter's Bay Radio, about nuclear energy. I'll do it now and apologize later, because good stuff that bears repeating, and Frank, you know how to find me. Renewable energies are now far cheaper than nuclear. We're now getting solar and wind for about two or three cents a kilowatt, and nuclear is coming in at around 10 to 20 cents a kilowatt. That's not even including the cost to decommission old nuclear plants and the problems around dealing with spent radioactive fuel rods. Nuclear is outrageously expensive and takes a very long time to build while the climate crisis is right now. Renewable energies can also get up and going right now. I'm part of the incremental movement. It's a thing that the fossil fuel industry created, blaming you and me for all of this, and, well, we fell for it. I'm still going to do what's good for this little piece of Muskoka I'm responsible for, and keep learning, leading by example, and trying to figure out how to get more action on this climate crisis. Two words, our children. It happened again. Minus 23 Celsius outside. The indoor temperature dropped a little, but I'm not putting another log on the fire. It was sunny, and the passive winter solar through the south-facing windows brings the indoor temperature up to a comfy plus 23 degrees. That's a 44 degree difference between the indoor and outdoor temperature with no fuel used for heating. That's Mother Nature at its best, and it's a beautiful thing. How strange it is that developers and custom home builders do not face homes south. And the only reason we do that is because we do that. 
If I had to choose between facing the curb for curb appeal or some kind of valued aesthetic perception over saving money on heating, putting less greenhouse gas out there, and attacking climate change, well, you know where I'm at with that. Unlearn facing the street. And maybe next year, I'll count the days or hours of zero-fuel winter heating just because I oriented my house towards the sun. And if it's really cold and cloudy, well, the extra-thick staggered stud walls mean that I won't be burning much wood either. Wood balances out well because the trees grow back. Great renewable. And building a great envelope for your homestead means, even though trees grow back, you'll be using less and treading even more gently. I had a great conversation with Martin Casper. He happened to be one of the snow sculptors at our winter carnival, and we talked. It's really such a pleasure to hear continuity. Not to say that a different perspective isn't welcome, because those can teach us things too. Martin's points of view were quite common with the community at large on mitigating the climate crisis, reducing greenhouse gases, and in most cases, saving money. Not to mention how living a simpler life just feels good. Um, we might have even sort of loomed our points of view together for an even better one. And climate action is inherently profitable. The emission of greenhouse gases is a measure of inefficiency. Efficiencies equal productivity. Productivity equals prosperity. And although I knew Martin Casper as a Facebook friend and as an environmentally aware person with common threads, face-to-face -face conversations are still the single most effective forms of communication. Email and messaging are very convenient, but you can exchange more in a 10-minute person-to-person that could take days or weeks electronically. And phone calls are absolutely the next best thing. I don't have an air conditioner. I have a few things going for me living 10 minutes from town. First, no brick, concrete, or pavement holding in all that heat throughout the summer in town. It's always cooler out in the countryside. The deciduous trees provide shade and a cooler cover in the summer. So if you're doing a new build, the trees you choose to remove and the kinds of trees are all part of your sustainability plan. For example, trees with leaves will let the sun through in the winter for your passive heating and provide cooler shade in the summer. I did not just build a house. It was forethought and respect to the surroundings. Now I'm learning to care for the forest. Then there are simpler summer cooling actions you can take, and I know many of you do this. That's leaving the windows open overnight in the summer to let the cool air in, and in the morning, close the windows and draw the blinds. I have thermal curtains. It will always be 4 to 5 degrees cooler inside. North-facing windows are fine, and you can let that natural light flow in, but close the windows as the summer air warms up. It's good to be interactive with your home. You learn. It makes you aware of the weather and how you can affect the climate in your own home. Save money and be a good climate custodian for the space that you occupy. <laughs> then email the fossil fuel industry to get them to do their part in the climate emergency. 
I have lived a corporate business development career and climate action is such a fantastic economic development opportunity right under our noses. Get over the myths and let's lead the province, the country. We really have to push through to get the message across that there are great benefits in leading a green economy in Muskoka and Perry Sound. And thank goodness some of our towns and the district of Muskoka and Perry Sound have started leading the way with real targets. But let's get our provincial and federal members of parliament to get on board with us. This is our chance to shine and lead. To Mr. Norm Miller, I truly appreciate the private members' bills related to our beloved lakes and environment and water safety for our youth, and respect and acknowledge your 21 years of service and support to our community. Thank you. We just need to add action on climate. That's universal. That action is spreading from the ground up from our municipalities and has been there in the grassroots of our community here for decades. It seems odd to ask to act on evidence-based globally accepted urgency, and I beg someone to explain the rationale of why this is not happening here now. Every time I see kids and the joy that grandchildren bring moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas. I have to ask this question. Are your children of lesser value than politics? No way. Children, trump all. My Sustainable Life will be back after a short break. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. We're back with My Sustainable Life with host Mark Mantha. There's a Canadian icon that has been a respected voice of calm in the storm for a lifetime, David Suzuki. Not that long ago, I saw him as a guest at a meeting, and for the first time, I saw something very different building in his disposition. He was getting angry and at least very frustrated. When someone like David Suzuki is getting pissed, that shook me up. It means it's time to do something about the climate crisis now. The first step in leadership is for our Member of Parliament to publicly acknowledge the urgency in the IPCC report, International Panel on Climate Change report, with a commitment to join our mayors and councils' declarations on the climate crisis with measurable actions. So, we are all on board down here. Let's move it up to our Member of Provincial Parliament and Member of Parliament in Ottawa. We will reap great benefits from climate action for our economic development. So jump out in front of it. Lead Muskoka and Perry Sound and the country into a new era of prosperity. I will be your biggest fan, cheerleader, and supporter. The collaborators are ready. In all my years of business development and corporate experience, this opportunity in mitigating the climate 
also holds a real potential for unprecedented prosperity in our region. We still have one of the poorest, most vulnerable working classes in Ontario. We can change all of that and lead the green economy. This will have positive direct impact on the housing crisis, mental health, education and training, health care, and quality employment, stimulating small businesses at the core of our communities, and drawing in corporate innovators. Does it make sense to keep pouring billions into preparing for climate disasters? Or is it more pragmatic to turn to climate mitigation that creates millions of good-paying jobs and restores quality of life for Canadians? Measuring our success by the absence of poverty and prevalence of health, that will lead us into unprecedented economic development and redefining economic development. I feel I need to address those thoughts in the back of our heads, that little voice in the shadow that makes us feel fearful of change. Those thoughts that rarely enter into conversations, and if the thought is there, it's a perception, and perception is your reality. Supporting shifts that mitigate the climate crisis, or voting green, does not mean raising taxes for local businesses and entrepreneurs. And on a macro scale, subsidies that contribute to the climate crisis are shifted to programs that solve the climate crisis. It doesn't mean that an industry has to lose subsidies. They are just as welcome to be part of the solution and reinvent themselves. Tax neutral. Beyond notice, though, no playing around. You will be held to account with proof of performance, and you are accountable to the taxpaying public. Canadians are really good at reinventing themselves. The innovators always rise to the top, and they will make us efficient and prosperous in a climate-friendly economy. Once upon a time in my career as a business developer, it was doing what had never been done before that reaped the greatest returns. Every broadcast of my sustainable life is a reflection of everything that I have experienced in my community in the spirit of sustainability. There's never really a set theme for each broadcast, rather a narrative of what comes to mind based on what's going on lately. Someone asked me what my affiliation is. I said, all of you. Everyone is my affiliation. Community well-being is when all parts of a community are working well together. I have no agenda. I live my life and respect how you may choose to live yours. I just strive to tread more lightly in hopes that if we all do the same, we can all survive and live a good life. Maybe that's my agenda. There were great moments throughout our human history, moments where we overcame great odds, those times when we cast aside our differences to protect our common threads and dignity for all people. The most important characteristic of a people is one that ensures that minorities are also respected and protected. That is also the most important characteristic for those who govern us. 
and the evidence that this is true is only confirmed through actions. I have to apologize. When I went to the coldest night of the year fundraiser walk down at the wharf, I missed so many of you. I was like a squirrel looking left and right where at every turn was someone I hadn't seen for a long time. It was stunning to see everyone's smiles. And I had one stuck on my face too. I missed that energy. We all miss that energy. I struck up conversations with friends and strangers, and strangers are just friends we haven't met yet. And sometimes the best conversations and opportunities to learn are from strangers. Then there's one less stranger in your community. No one hesitated for selfies. Instead of collecting flowers, I was collecting bouquets of smiling faces. And even as I was posting later on that night, I was still smiling. Total gratitude for you, my community. Something incredible happened. Unprecedented. We reached out. We attained. We set the goal higher and we surpassed it again. My community crashed the ceiling, a call to action to help our hungry, homeless, and hurting. And you all showed up. A sea of yellow hats, a sea of love, and words cannot transcend the magnificent gratitude to all the organizers at Gravenhurst Against Poverty for coldest night of the year. And you, your generosity echoed throughout Muskoka. Our network of support is wide, intertwined with other towns, cities, agencies, and volunteers from all walks of life that make a difference. We are all connected. We know we are strong when we stand together. We are looking out for our friends and neighbors. But here's what it all comes down to. We are all hungry. We are hungry for the absence of poverty. We are hungry for the prevalence of health. Unity, community, and love. Thank you for joining me and being my guest. Take care. Look out for one another. This is Mark Mantha with My Sustainable Life at the Hunter's Bay. Miigwech. A la prochaine, mes amis. Until next time, my friends. Real people. Real conversations. Real Radio, here on Muskoka Magazine.